right. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Sam Mellinger. I am here joined by former <laughs> beat writer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Current beat writer, uh, Andy McCullough. Still on uh, the payroll. This is uh, the Royals podcast version of the Sports Beat KC. That is the name of this show that we're doing here. And we are here to talk about some Royals, world champion Royals. Isn't that right, Andy? Does my salary count against the 2015 payroll or the 2016 payroll? Well, the thing is, we didn't make that much money, as much money as you <laughs> might think in 2015, even even with the playoff run. So uh, <laughs> it's all it's actually true. It's all liquid. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Budgeting. Yeah. We're going to talk about finances today, Sam. A little bit, like, yeah. Because that's what's on everyone's mind. And uh yeah, it's uh, we just got back from the winter meetings. Um, well, you did. I did. Yeah, I don't know where you were uh, doing something great. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs won, so that's cool. <laughs> I watched you that, saw game. that game. I watched that game. Yeah, man, football is bad. <laughs> Gosh, football is a really boring sport. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the Royals were at the winter meetings for a week. They actually like accomplished a fair bit of business. You know, they signed a starter. Um, they signed a reliever to a pretty sizable contract, and uh, but I think there's still a sense among fans that they haven't done a lot. Um, and I, you know, uh, you wrote this on Sunday. You know, they're returning what six of the nine, uh, six of the nine position position like players plus the DH. So yeah, six of the nine like batting order spots. Right, uh, a, a good chunk of the pitching staff. Yeah, um, you know, so like, the, I think the reason that. Uh, folks are maybe underwhelmed is because both of these names are familiar and that's Chris Young, uh-huh. you know, who he, they saw this past year, who was very good for them on a um, sort of limited basis and kind of a weird hybrid role that um, he may go back to this year, but probably won't. And then uh, Joe Kim Soria, who had been the closer, you know, uh, back in the bad old days and was very good and now is, um, you know, kind of good again, um, but, you know, more of a seventh inning setup type guy. Um, so I think there's a sense of, you know, that it's underwhelming what they did, but they added um, – $12.75 million in payroll um, for next year, which is a sizable chunk of what they had to spend. And so that's a good portion of their offseason right there. Yeah, I think it's because like, they haven't added anybody really new. Because like, right. y- you feel like Soria, in effect, kind of replaces Greg Holland, I guess. Like if, if Wade Davis was always going to be the closer – you know, now Soria is just another, you know, sort of back end Madsen of the bullpen. Too, yeah, yeah Madsen, Madsen. Yeah, that's that's probably the better example. He replaces uh, Madsen. And, and Chris Young is a guy that, you know, we saw, you know, and then it's the Alex Gordon stuff that's kind of hanging <laughs> over uh, everybody's head. So, like, uh, on a scale of from zero to 1% chance, how, how likely is it that the Royals <laughs> sign Alex Gordon? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's – I mean, they're just <laughs> – they are not believed to be active players in his market. Yeah. I mean, they are just and, – and, again, here's the problem with trying to report on Alex Gordon's market. Um, the Royals don't talk about it, like, yeah. as a rule. They don't talk about who they're in on. Uh-huh. And Casey Close, his agent, does not talk about who's in the mix. Like, he just does Famously yeah, just like, mute. It does, like, like uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote this great story about the Zach Greinke signing. I don't know if you read that uh-huh. uh, the other day, but it was, like, a TikTok – and like one of the few people who declined to be interviewed for it was Casey Close, yeah. who's like uh, Granky's agent. And like Casey Close declined to be interviewed for a story that would have explained how he got his client two hundred and six million dollars in five hours. Yeah. So like it's you know it's it's he's right. he's a very good agent and he's also not particularly helpful to the press. So yeah. so Gordon so he sounds like a terrible agent to me. 
Well, for us, for yes, our purposes, that's what, yeah. exactly what I mean. That's for what our matters. purposes, yes, he's, he's the worst. But I would want him to be my agent. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so Gordon's market is something of a mystery, um, partially because of that, partially because there's not many leaks in what's going on, and partially because he's kind of in the back of the queue um, behind yeah. guys like Upton and Cespedes. Even now, uh, there's kind of maybe a thought that like Cespedes is in his own sort of area because he's looking for you know different sort of stuff um but but you know he was believed to be behind hayward and upton hayward's now signed um for some goofy contract with the cubs um where he can go you know hit like have a 108 ops plus every year and everyone can say how great he is because of defensive (laughs) metrics even though he can't hit lefties um i love baseball i love (laughs) i just love it uh but you know whatever hayward makes the team better um so they're just kind of waiting to to see where that plays out and and the Royals are just not believed to be active members of it. I mean, they haven't given much, you know, like I I asked Dayton Moore, like, do you feel like your budget has enough money right now to make a contract offer that Alex Gordon would accept? And if you ask like 29 other GMs, you know, the answer to that question, even if it's not true, it's just, yes, absolutely. Uh You know? And he said, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And, and so like, um, I, I think, you know, there's a – they have been – their plan A all along was, you know, to try and get Gordon and Zobrist, you know, right? But I think they, they pivoted off plan A like three days into the offseason yeah. probably. And now they're kind of looking for the more affordable stuff. The day after the parade. Right. They, <laughs> right. Like, I, as soon as he got in his car and drove to <laughs> Omaha. Or I, I've had this thought that like um, – tell me what you think about this – and this is like kind of speculation. I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but I, I've had the feeling that the Royals hope that Alex gets this enormous oh, contract yeah. offer oh, that they yeah. can't, you know, so that they're they're sort of off the hook because if he gets a four or five year contract, somebody's going to regret, you know, the team is going to regret that last year two of that contract, and and the Royals, no matter what, and and. You know their horrendous TV contract has four more years on it, so they can probably renegotiate um, <laughs> like in two. So the, you know there's more money coming like way down the road, right? But they still have four years of of a fraction of their 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 market value coming in, and I, they they just don't have room to be paying a guy who's going to be 36 at that point right. and is already showing signs of you know durability issues yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it's hard to like it's hard to talk negatively about Alex Gordon, I think as a player because he really is like you know, when Ned Yost calls him like the perfect player, like yeah. I think he means it like not as not as like a on the field so much, but he's like he's is everything you'd want in a yes. baseball player. Yeah. You know, cares about every aspect of his game, is in fantastic shape, you know, like committed to his craft, you know, like lives right, you know, doesn't really have a ton of vices that, uh-huh. you know, get him into any sort of trouble, you know, as a leader in the clubhouse, you know, sets an example, all those sorts of things. So, like, he is, um, like, a great sort of person and for baseball or whatever. But he is still a baseball player. And so he's subject to the things that happen to baseball players as they get older. You know, he's going to be 32. He may already be 32. I know this is going to be – turns 32 his, in February. Yeah, this will be his age 32 season. Um, he is co- – he – injured his wrist really badly last year and dealt with that for most of the second half. He wasn't particularly effective in the 2014 playoffs. Um, He underwent wrist surgery, which, you know, slowed him up coming into this year. Um, He, 
you know, nearly blew out his uh, his groin, you know, in, in July. And that cost him two months, and that could have cost him the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really severe um, strain he underwent. And when he came back, he was not the same defensively. Mm-hmm. He did not have the same sort of, like, instinctual – ability to not give a crap about himself um you know like diving into the stands mm-hmm. and you know all that sort of stuff that makes him so special and so you wonder like you know yeah there's that the idea there's this idea that his defense will not be his defense will continue to be really really valuable as he ages but it, most time, most players like they, when they hit this age, things start to go wrong. You yeah. know, they they start to have the minor injuries that affect them. You know, they get thumb stuff that takes away their power. They get wrist stuff that takes away their power. They get you know minor leg injuries to take away their speed. And when you're a player like Gordon, who has does not have one um, incredible tool, you know, who kind of relies on everything. Like he's not a particularly like speedy defender. Sure. He's got a good arm. Um, but a lot of it's positioning, timing, and all that sort of stuff. Like as the chain breaks down in his body, his value is gonna, you know, is gonna decrease. And so he had a good year this year, but he really struggled after he came off the DL in September. Yeah, his um, numbers, his production is like was front way loaded. down. And yeah. like you could say, like, well, you know, he missed time, and so it's hard to get his timing back. It's like no, like that's part of the equation. You don't get extra credit for yes. getting hurt. Like yeah. it's actually the other way. Right, you get right. le- like it hurts your case even more. And so. Um, there's a lot of baseball reasons why the Royals maybe shouldn't sign Alex Gordon to a five-year deal or yeah. something like that. It's funny because like he, he really is. I, I love that description that Ned used about he's the perfect ball player too. Because I, I think a lot of that is is also like his attitude and just the way that you know so so steady. You know, like in baseball is a brutal grind and you're going to go 0 for 3, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and you've got to you've got to get past that. And and I really think. People make a case for Carlos Beltran, and this is this is a, a a position I will stand on and 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 talk openly and loudly about. I think Alex Gordon is the best Royals player since George Brett. Um, I, I think he's had a, a better, a longer career with the Royals, and actually a higher peak if you look at WAR and some things like that than Carlos Beltran. Um, you know, I mean, he changed the franchise. And, and is that, that is that, that non pitchers? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a good argument for Kevin Apier. I was gonna say Guthrie. <laughs> I, I think aren't the Dodgers in on Guthrie? No, was, it's this guy named Guthrie Jones, so I just heard of. I don't know. What oh, Guthrie is that right? Thinking of um, <laughs> um, I, like I think like Man, game one against. Uh, oh boy, I'd be so happy. You guys still have an opening. <laughs> um, anyway, if uh, like game one against Familia is you know this legendary moment for Alex Gordon, yeah. and, and you know yeah. number four will be retired. I really think that um, at some point. But eh, maybe that's too far. He'll be in the Royals Hall of Fame for sure, and I think has the best case for a number to be retired in a long time. All that said, um, they – what's that? Ned. Oh, yeah. God, Ned's going to have – is Ned going to have his number retired? Yeah. I – yeah. It's going to be hilarious God, I just too. made a sharp left turn here. I guess he, I mean, there's a really good argument. Isn't well, there? he's the winningest manager in franchise history. Yeah. He's got two pennants. God, and the other guy that won a World Series. Yeah, I mean, he, they will retire his number. Yeah. yeah. I think like 100%. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Man, that's going to be great. What a great day that'll be. I hope they do that like on opening day. Like they just retire his number. It'd be fantastic. And then let him manage the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be great. That'd be great. Man, where were we? 
Uh, Gordon's a really good player. He's not going to sign with the Royals, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's also – there is a case to be made about the Royals, like, trying to transition into some younger players. I mean, I, I think that's a case that the Royals make um, because they can't sign. They, because they, yeah. they can't boost their payroll. Um, can't is a relative term. Um, you know, that it's not in the budget that they're given from the owner. Um, but, you know – I, they can right like can we just say that like they could spend a lot they could they could have oh, 150 yeah, million dollars I mean, it's, it's and, not, and, and and we're not like we're not privy to what their internal finances are um but there's a sense that pretty much any team in the game could sign anyone they want if they were willing to not care about having a budget yeah like they can you know this idea of what they can and can't afford is relative to what they are the direction they're given by ownership and the ownership sets their budget and says this is how much you can spend and you know this is where you go from there so um and it's a hard thing too because like it's a business yeah like the royals are a business and it's hard to like (laughs) criticize the owner of that business for not losing money you know what i mean mean, it's hard it's it's hard for us to say we understand what's best for the royals better than david glass yeah i guess because David Glass is a billionaire uh, who's been very successful in business. And so obviously, you know, they're making these decisions based on a lot of different, you know, a lot of thought. And the payroll has risen every season, you know, steadily. Um, And it's probably going to go up again. Although I think, you know, I guess you you get into the issue, though, of like, okay, so it was – was like seventy-five million in thirteen or something like that? Or like 80 – how much was it in 2013? Uh, seventy something sounds okay. about right, and then about it jumped 80. to like ninety four. It was like in the night. I thought it was like yeah, ninety ninety two. Yeah, okay, like that. in fourteen, and then last and year then was one thirteen. Twenty percent jump. Yeah. So, but you know, so you get to the point. It's like okay, so in three years, is it going to be one seventy? And right. they're saying no, you right. know, because they're the the reason that these salaries keep jumping is the arb guys. Yeah. You know, the young core are are putting up. So like, you know, that one twenty one thirty area that might be kind of their break point mm-hmm. of like we do not want to want to go any higher than this and that kind of raises the question like okay so if you had to rank in order of most likely to least likely of who are the four 2017 guys they were gonna resign to a long-term extension how would you how would you rank them well like can i have nobody first uh like, well no you can because no because the least likely is hosmer yes okay and so by by a i think by a long way there's just no way. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just no way. Because uh, he'll be, what, 28? Um, sounds about right. I think he was 21, 22 when he came yeah. up. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like he's – He'll do well for himself. Yeah, I uh, think he's on gone. The market. Okay, um, so – yeah, I mean, okay, so say the most likely answer is nobody. But then, I believe that, yeah. yeah I, I, I would, believe that as well. Yeah, but then, but I then take do, the, do the power rankings. Um, all right, so Haas, Haas is four. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm gonna go Moose one. No, okay. I'm gonna go Kane one. Right. Uh, I might even. I'm gonna go Kane, Moose, Escobar, Hosmer, because with Escobar, I feel like, and I know people like the Boris thing is out there, right? But I feel like Escobar might feel like I already signed one of those deals. Right. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. That's yeah. I think there will definitely be that. 
that sentiment. And I also think the Royal – I'll be interested to see what Alcides Escobar looks like in two years as a player. Yeah. Um, this is body ages and, um, you know, because – Dude is playing a lot of baseball. Well, he had a great postseason. I mean, he played incredible in yeah. October. But in during the regular season, he was not very good. No. I mean, his, his speed terrible. was down. You know, the hitting was, was pretty unproductive. So – um, I'll be curious to see what he does this this coming year, um, and also you you have Raul Mondesi, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that the team will probably sour on Escobar more than than he might, and also you know he's going to be uh, probably like a three time All Star <laughs> by mm-hmm. then. The way this the way the voting trends are going with the Royals fans taking over everything, um, so that'll increase his price. Uh, I think Kane is probably the most likely, and even he's pretty unlikely mm-hmm. because. If you're Lorenzo Cain and you're looking at what you should be making per year, you know you should be looking at something like between what Jason Hayward's getting in AAV and what Alex Gordon's getting in AAV, mm-hmm. and it's going to be pretty high. And so the Royals are going to, you know, at some point have to decide like who, what player are we going to pay fifteen million dollars to in 2020? And I, I think you know that, I, and I don't even think that would be enough necessarily to get Kane because like Kane right. is. He was third in the MVP voting. Yeah, he's a, he's a, Donaldson. He's a great player. Yeah. I think also like he's he, based on like conversations with him and knowing his personality, like he's fairly financially stable. You know, like he's dot like all he does is play video games yeah. and hang out with his kid. Right. You know, like he does so like he doesn't have like a really extravagant lifestyle. You know, um, like he still wears like jeans that are too baggy. You know, like stuff yeah. like that. Um, great guy though. Uh, no, but you know, like he's like not like a, you know, like a, you know, like a limo riding, right. jet flying type guy. You know, I think like he's perfectly fine making two point whatever million this year, making five next year, making it's good eight, money eighty year after that, and then just roll. You know, it's not like he needs you know that they could get him on a hometown discount or anything. Um, and and the other part that too, like um, I feel like there's going to be conflict in that negotiation too because he's he turned 30 right or yes. he's about to turn 30 yep. so um if, if you're looking to pay him in you know you just brought up 2020 so he'll be 35 yeah like what what, what salary do you want to give a guy who's you know had injury and yep. I, know, I know he's worked really really hard mm-hmm. to address those injury problems but you know his legs don't have a great history mm-hmm. and you know i don't know do you want to pay that guy who's 34, no probably 35? not that's so, why they're that's yeah. why even the most likely guy yeah. in yeah. that group you know you're He's not going to sign yeah. and with and i think mustakis might be the player who mm-hmm. above all wants to, to remain a royal for as long as possible mm-hmm. but again like he's he's uh his agent is scott boris he you know is going to probably be taken to the market and he's going to, you know, probably get a, a bigger offer. And the Royals have to decide, like, is this the guy we want to pay when he's 33, 34, 35? Um, yeah. Because I don't think any of those guys are going to take, like, two-year deals tacked on, you know, to buying out their arb years. That just doesn't make sense for any of them. Yeah. Um, so it's – but, but you know, if you're the Royals, I guess their argument is they want to keep sort of kicking the can down the road and maintaining the flexibility so they're not – priced out if something changes if Eric Hosmer says this is where I want to spend the rest of my career and let's do a five-year deal for 50 million dollars or something like that you know well the thing with Moose um I mean I don't think Boris wanted him to sign that deal when he got drafted um I think they gave him four I think and I think Boris didn't like that deal but Moose just wanted to play professional baseball but um I could see what you just said, I think, is absolutely true about of those guys. Like Moose might be the one that like most wants to stay yeah. in Kansas City, but if all those other things happen 
and Haas is gone. Right. You know. Right. Like, it, it, who, who's he staying for? This is this is you a group know, of guys, guys. This is a group of players who really care deeply about each other and are really really. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, what's the word? Uh, I mean, it's not chemistry, but just they're they're very much like they're all in the boat rowing in the same direction. Yeah. But the things that are going to happen to them in the coming years is they're going to start to see, uh, they're going to start to fight with the team over money. Mm -hmm. They're going to start to see, and they've seen this already in some ways, but they're going to start to see some of their friends traded. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to start to bump up against the business aspect of it in Mm -hmm. a way that they haven't yet. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, so some of the attitudes the players have now will change as they get older. That's a standard sort of thing. I mean, you just, you know, you're going to, they're going to come to find that the team doesn't always have financially at the, you know, financially, the team doesn't always have their best interests at heart. You know, the team is, is a business and it's competing with them for money. I absolutely like, yeah, because like their experience, those guys, their experience with the team so far is they've like, you know, won a bunch of championships or whatever in the minor leagues right? and, and they have those memories like, you know, that you and I, because we've talked about this, like, that we have of college, you know, right. of, like, remember that crappy apartment and, yeah, you know, how yeah. much fun that was and all yeah. that stuff. Like, they have those memories, and now they have a championship together. Right. But, yeah, now they're going to sit in an arbitration room. Right. Right. And and hear crap well, talked. Hosmer's already – I mean, Hosmer's already been driving to the airport to go have to fly to Tampa, you know, to do that. I mean, they've already started to bump up against the – the realities of the business and that changes kind of how players feel about certain things. Yeah. And that's a, that's a subtle thing that happens over time. But as you become a veteran and you, you know, you, you get a little, um, you just become a little more, I don't know if it's cynical or clinical more, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know which word is better, but like, you know, you just become more understanding that the team, uh, the team is a business. And, and if you're a useful part of that business at their price, they're going to want you around for as long as possible. And that's, that's totally from divorced from like the sentiment that like, you know, Dayton Moore has with players. Dayton loves those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has a genuine affinity for Alex Gordon, but I think both parties understand why, you know, they're probably not going to be together next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're together as long as it makes financial sense for both sides. And, right. and once one of those, it's like any other business, like, you know, uh, any of us are employed by our employers as long as it makes sense for, for both sides. But, is that a subtweet? Um, <laughs> not everything I say is about you, Andy. That's true. Uh, Most of so what, what do you think what they'll do about um, – what do you think they will do? What do you think they should do about left field? Uh, well, they got Crawford, Carl Crawford. And the Royals here can slide over there. <laughs> right, right. Um, this is good. Do, I'm just, I'm just. Do they it. like Yasiel Puig? Can we talk about that? Like, should we? <laughs> um, <laughs> they went from saying we need to get two corner outfielders to say to, to spending like two days at the winter meetings, and then they were like, "Ah, Gerard Dyson." We like Dyson, <laughs> and then to the last day of the winter meetings, going, "You know, we'll play Paulo Orlando yeah. out there. Yeah, we'll have a really good defense." I think I think the Royals uh, the Royals left the winter meetings more than a little annoyed with some of the demands that free agents were getting, and, and I think that's a yearly exercise for a lot of teams, but mm-hmm. they were. They were, you know, their evaluations of certain players versus the what perce- players perceive themselves as worth. There was a big gap there, yeah. <laughs> so there was some frustration. Um, you know, so what what could they do in left field? I mean, they've, you know, I think it was Jerry Krasnick had mentioned they talked to the Rockies um, mm-hmm. about Fowler. About well, Fowler's a free agent. Uh, Cargo. Cargo, right? Cargo, right. I think Blackman and Dickerson. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Gonzalez is an interesting player. 
Uh, but you know, you're talking about a guy with pretty sizable injury history. It's unclear if he's whether if he's like either a 75% product of Coors Field or 100% product of Coors Field. Um, so you know, that's a big risk. And plus, you got to give up a decent amount. You know, like if you're talking about making a, tr- a trade with the Royals, like trading for Todd Frazier to play left field, like what are you going to trade if you're the Royals? You know, no, like. I'm just- like what, like yeah. what, build a package that the that the Reds will accept. Yeah, I don't even have the energy to like do that because it's just that's not going to happen. Because right? it's like because it starts well. Okay, well Raul Mondesi. We like Mondesi, yes. No. And the Royals okay. say we like him too. Yeah, we like no. Sorry, oh Kyle Zimmer. No, right. No, we like it. it's like Miguel right. Almonte. Okay, well you know yeah we'll do yeah. that. No, no, we need more than that. Yeah. <sighs> or yeah. what more do you need? You know, yeah. it's like it, it's hard to to build a package. They don't have a ton to trade. No, they, you they, know they traded some guys. Yeah, they did. In July. They won a World Series. They did. It. it was a good decision. Um, you know, that's but that's that's part of what happens. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, you know, th- it's like their farm system's all right, but you know, they don't have a ton to deal that yeah. is really going to appeal to people. And and you know, like are you going to trade Danny Duffy, you know? Like yeah. you could maybe, but Danny Duffy's value is pretty low. Right. Um, right. you know, and and what are you going to get back that's that's could be as good as Danny Duffy, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, either as a reliever or as a starter. Um, yeah. You know, that's hard. So, I feel so, like we're headed to Denard Span City. I, I think Span might be out of their price range. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think Para might be out of their price range. You know, I think it, you know, might be like a, like a, you know, Austin Jackson type, yeah. you know. Um, Travis Snyder, you know, just someone, someone who can catch the baseball and isn't a total sinkhole out there and left. And 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 really like just hope that, you know, maybe Brett Ivner or Bubba Starling like are, are ready by midseason or ready to contribute. That seems um, awfully quick, especially for Bubba. For Ivner it's not. Ivner's like twenty seven. But for Bubba uh, like the, from where Bubba's been well, to so like I mean he can defend right away. Yes. So you don't have to worry about that. Talking to but, scouts who've seen man. him in the past year feel like he's really made strides and really turned around. Like I've had guys who gave me reports two years ago of like this guy is a train wreck. Yeah. Saying this year being like, I like him. Yeah. You know, like like almost apologetic that they were so vociferous and crushing him last year. And so um, you know, they there was like a sentiment, you know, among like rival scouts like, hey look, like there's there's a lot of holes in the swing. There's a yeah. lot of work to do offensively, but the guy really turned a corner and has a better approach. And and the Royals will say this, they feel like when it clicks for him, it'll click quickly. When they drafted him, that's what they yeah, they, <clears throat> they thought like this may be a bust. You right. know, what I mean they, they they would talk about that. Like we may have just drafted a guy that'll never play in the big leagues. But <laughs> right. if if uh if if he does, you know, he he might struggle because I mean he was playing in the not even the Sunflower League, right? Was it the EKL or I don't even know what Gardner yeah, Edgerton's in? Uh, you know, like, I mean, can we just, hear you on the podcast, Chris? I, a little bit, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Chris Fickett. Those are the smooth tones of yeah, Chris Fickett. Dulcet tones. Fact checker. <laughs> uh, you know, he was playing like 20 games a year, 20 high school games right, a year. Right. Um, and then also, you know, in his spare time, being a five star quarterback recruit or whatever. Um, who Bill Self said could have been a, a Division One basketball player mm. as well, but anyway, um, so that that does like follow the path that you know Bubba Starling, you know that that people always saw in him. And um, I mean, if he could be that guy, if he could be eighty percent of the guy that they thought, you know, of the ceiling, because like a wise man once said, nobody reaches their ceiling except for Mike Trout. 
But if he, if Who he said could, that? You did. I did? Yeah. When? Do you remember? I don't know. Sometime in... in uh-huh. Man, I'm so smart. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to you. I have like just pearls of... I don't even remember all the smart I things. I mean, that's I just how it goes, man. When you yeah. when you got it, you got it. Yeah. All right. High. So uh, it's going to be somebody less than Denard's man in left field. I think so. I yeah. mean, I, you know, they're in on him, but like... And I like Spans. I don't mean that. Yeah, like, he's perfectly he's fine garbage. for like a one-year, two-year thing, yeah. but like he's not a... He's okay, you yeah. know, and there's a ton of injury his, risk there. Like, yeah. you know, I, I would be, I would think it's probably going to be like guys looking for a one year make good, you know, like mm-hmm. a like a Jackson or you know maybe like a Snyder or or, or maybe a Span. I think Para. There's going to be too much interest from other clubs. Like, team, someone's going to offer Para a three year deal. I don't know if that makes sense for the Royals. Um, yeah. And and their kind of feeling is at this point, it's like okay, we, we know Eibner can defend, we know Starling can defend, we know Orlando can defend, we know. Uh, Dyson can defend. Okay, like those guys are free essentially, except mm-hmm. for Dyson. Like, if they run those guys out there and they're in it in June or July, right? And they need a left fielder, they can go get a left fielder with their prospect base. You know, like yeah. if you sign Gerardo Para to a three-year deal and he's a pumpkin. And and remember, Para sucked with the Orioles in the second half. Like yeah. a great first half with Milwaukee, and had like a, you know, six fifty OPS or something like that with the Orioles. Like was garbage. It's like, okay, if you lock into a three year deal with him, well, you can't go get a left fielder because how do you explain to your ownership? That oh yeah I know we just signed this guy it's like it's an Omar Infante situation all over say again that, right, yeah. you know so like that's what they're bumping up against is they are they do not want to give out an Omar Infante contract like a big albatross sort yeah. of thing and I think they feel confident enough in their player development system that they can avoid that yeah um, I say this just days after they signed Joe Kim Soria to a three year deal yeah. so yeah. <laughs> like Lord knows yeah. and it's uh, Joaquin. It's Joaquim. Joaquim Soria. Joaquim. I called him Joe Kim. Yeah. Well, Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah. Joaquim Soria. It is confusing. Joaquim. Ned calls him Jack. He does. Yeah. Jack. Sometimes Jackie. I don't know how we're going to use Jack. How the? Never mind. Yeah. Where Where is Brandon Finnegan? Probably uh, in Fort Worth. Yeah. Having a great time. <laughs> yeah, he is. You think he's listening to this? He's not having as good a time as he did this time last year, Oh, man. Oh, no. This time last year. It yeah. was all there for Brandon Finnegan. Yeah, that's all right. He'll be the big wheel at the Cracker Factory in Cincinnati. That's a line from The Simpsons. You ever, huh. you ever see that one? No. With, uh, it was like Milhouse's dad, Kirk Van Houten. So like, okay. Yeah, I'm a big wheel down at the Cracker Factory. Huh. Good for him. He also slept in a race car. Okay. It's good. And he got divorced, and uh, and he was sleeping in his race car bed, and he showed it to Homer and said, I sleep in a race car. What do you sleep in? And Homer said, I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> I love The Simpsons, man. Yeah. I hope that show comes back someday. Maybe we should back out of this podcast. Oh, we're doing great. Are we? I don't know. Whatever. Anything you know. else on your mind? Um, I watched The Chiefs yesterday. Uh, that was a great football game. Wasn't that entertaining? It was entertaining. I mean, the ending was entertaining. Yeah. Um, Man. I tell you what, Phil Rivers has been in my life for a really long time. He's been around forever. Like, I think he's like he played four years at NC State, right? Like, I remember watching him. Yeah, I don't remember if it was four, but yeah, yeah. He was like he was he he started at least as a sophomore at NC State. Like, 
beat a Mark Mangino team in his uh, bowl game. In the Insight Bowl, right? Some oh, sort of bad bowl game. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, three. Oh, three. It was a long time So ago. he's been like, he's been, I've been watching Phillip Rivers play football since like 2001. Yeah. I think. Which is just weird to think about. Like, because you know, like with Peyton Manning, it's like, well, yeah, he's like one of the all time greats. And like Tom Brady is like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably the greatest. But like, I was just thinking, like, man, like, Phil Rivers has just been around forever. And, he really has. And he's like always been like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And, and and he's always been terrific against the Chiefs a lot. Like, he has killed the Chiefs some. He scored three whole points yesterday. Yeah. they He played eight quarters against the Chiefs and managed zero touchdowns this year. Um, there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of that. Like, Kobe Bryant has been, like, um, I think me and Kobe, um, he probably knows this, but I think me and Kobe <laughs> were in the same high school class. In 96? He, he may have been a year ahead of me. Was he class of 96? 96, 96 yeah. draft, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those, those were the good years. Yeah. And uh, was he 96? Yeah. Class, yeah. Like high school class what? of 96? Yeah. Uh, for some but reason, he, but I he's think been that, done for a while. Yeah, like, for some reason I think that Donovan's like way older than Kobe, but it makes sense because Kobe came right out of high school. Yeah. And uh, football ages a man. It does, man. Five is really struggling. He needs to get some help. It's depressing. Now I'm bummed out. Is Therese coming in here to pump everyone up? <laughs> yeah, I think he was uh, Are they here right now? Yeah. Wow. All right. So who do the Chiefs want to play in the first round? Somebody from the AFC South. Right. That they play the Jags? That'd be fun. Yeah. Jags, Texans, Colts. Man. Garbage, garbage, and garbage. Although the Jags just scored 51. Against who? The Colts. <laughs> Who's on the uh, – they still got like, Dwight Freeney. And, and my favorite, like, they were up uh, – it was like a forty-eight to three run that the Jags went on. Oh my! Yeah, I think uh, I think that's right. I think the Colts were up thirteen to three. I don't know this for sure, but I think teams that go on forty-eight to three run in a game are undefeated. In we NFL should do a, we should do a podcast where you guys talk about football and I just ask who's on the team. There'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, uh, do you ever watch Inside the NBA? No. Uh, they have this little segment called "Who He Play For." <laughs> And, and they just ask like Charles Barkley, like just random NBA players who he played for, and he never gets them right. There's it's a, so uh, good uh, among uh, <laughs> among. I'll leave them unnamed, but there's some some writers who cover the Yankees who like to play a game uh, when they go like to interleague, like say they go to San Diego, and you cover up the you take the lineup card and you cover up the front first name. And then you ask like the second name for like the Padres lineup or something like that, and it'd be like, uh, like it'd be like, uh, you know, Jerko. It'd be like, um, Jeff. Be like, nope, Jed. Ah, okay. Upton. Ah, Justin. Yep, got that. Okay. Um, Ramirez. Well, that's not fair. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. Venable. I have no idea. If you bring what? that game to the Dodgers next year, you'll you'll have an unfair advantage. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm asking you like American League teams. I'm trying to think if like uh, yeah, there's good like the, the Padres are always good for it. Um, the uh, the White Sox, man, like some of their guys, like like Carlos Sanchez, you know, like, never heard of this guy before. <laughs> you know, like Tyler Saladino. Like, <laughs> it's got four hits today. No idea who he is. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm trying to think who else is good, uh, like really good for like having total, like the oh the the Rays, <laughs> Loney is that James Loney? 
Yeah. Oh, good for him. Like, <laughs> all right. He's still he's still around. He's still doing it. Good. Yeah. You know, you just there's too many there's too many athletes at this point. James Loney had a weird sports science <clears throat> segment um, okay. where uh, like he tried to hit against a wiffle ball pitcher. Like it was like the, you know, sort of the, the Pedro Martinez of wiffle ball pitcher. <laughs> and uh, like he just did not do well. The Royals would be so angry story. talking to the Pedro Martinez of wiffle ball for his demands. <laughs> it's for a Bach. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. They, for like, his contract demands. Yeah. He wants this guy. Two this years, guy 19 wants, million. This guy wants $5 million. <laughs> throws a wiffle ball. You can have him. That was Dayton Moore's quote when he was asked about the the outfield market. These guys, you can have them. And then he like, made a dismissive gesture. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. Okay. Like, it is weird, like, and, and Dayton is a good, you know, maybe he's the personification of this, like the, the actual, like, baseball official. But, like, I don't think that any – there are few things in the world that can turn you more into, like, the grumpy old man who talks about, like, what you used to be able to buy for a nickel more than, like, the price of baseball players. <laughs> like, in well, my day, Ricky Henderson got yeah. $2 million a year, well, and he just, was happy. He just has sensibility. Like, he just has – he knows what players are actually worth, yeah. I guess. And so, like, any and, like, even – so the inflation of it drives him crazy. Yeah. But, like, and that's – I remember there's a story, like, Terry Collins, when, when, you know, he's still the Mets manager, but, like, in, like, 2011, I want to say, he was in the suite at the winter meetings, and he kicked himself out because they would sit down for trade proposals, and, like, the other team would say, like, well, we want David Wright. And they'd be like, uh, okay, well, like, you know, we'll trade, you know, we'll trade you David Wright for like this sort of player. And they're like, no, David Wright's not worth that. And Terry would be like, are you kidding me? Like, Dave Wright's one of the best players in this league, you know? And they'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, Terry, you need to like stop like trying to kill the Padres officials, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, so like there is a certain sense of like, you know, if you get what people are worth and like you get what, you know, actual value is you just get flustered by like people who are on a completely different plane of yeah. existence. You know? And not to bring it up again, because like Dayton probably already has this like in him, like this tendency, but like Dayton more with that horrendous TV contract is just going to amplify his like, right. these guys, you can have them sort of. Well, you live thing. in a world where Jay Happ is worth $36 million. Yeah, like, that's weird. You know, it's just like, okay, so now every pitcher should be worth $12 million a year. Cause yeah. Every pitcher on the market is better than Jay App. Like yeah. I mean, it's just it's yeah. so you. That's the sort of frustrating thing. I remember, um, like Estrada, who was really good against the Royals yeah. in the playoffs, but he signs like it was two years, twenty five, I think, right, yeah. something like that. And I remember like looking at the contract, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. You know, that's a pretty decent price. And then my next thought was like, why is that a good price for Marco Estrada, who's like thirty two or thirty three, like, and has had know? like one good year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jay Happ had like eight good starts with the Pirates. Yeah, you know, in the National League. Now he's going back to the American League. Yeah, but it'll be know, fun. You got to trust Alex Anthopoulos, who did not make that contract because he is not the GM. And I realized that as I was saying that sentence. Uh, doing great here. Really looking forward to going on vacation. <laughs> in a couple of days. All right. I think now we back out. Yeah, we're done. All right. This uh, was fun. Yeah. I was going to say maybe we'll do it again. But we I might. I, I mean, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. One we more. Just, we we'll have an exit interview. An exit interview. That'd yeah. be good. We have Vahe. You, you can know. finally vent all the crap <laughs> that you've been wanting to talk on Vahe. <laughs> God, what a miserable human he is. Hope the listeners can sense it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, stuff, another guys. successful episode of the Sports Beat KC. <laughs> have a good one. All right.